two things in mind. No, I'm not going to preach them both. All right. Go to James, the fourth chapter. Well, I'd like to read that whole chapter. And he says, verse 12. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? You ain't the lawgiver. There is one, and you're not it, and I'm not either. Go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. Whereas, you don't know, you know not what shall be on the morrow. You know what's going to be tomorrow? Anybody know? I don't know. You don't know either. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes the way. I look back over my life. I'm not there yet, but I'll soon be. I'll soon be in my ninth decade. That's a long time. It seemed like just yesterday. Like a little vapor. There it is. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, when you see therefore in the Bible, see what it's there for. To him, and I think we could put to her too. That knows to do good and does it not to him it is sin. Are we responsible for what we know? Are we responsible for what we hear? People come to church and they hear it. If it's a church that preaches a whole council, you're liable to hear a whole lot when you come to a sound church. If that pastor's preaching the whole council of the Word of God, you can hear a whole lot and you should hear a whole lot. And that's what he's supposed to be doing, is preaching the whole council of the Word of God. And when he preaches the truth, if he's not preaching the truth, you need to get him straightened out or get rid of him. Amen? But if he's preaching the truth, the word of God to you, are you responsible for what you hear? And I say absolutely you are. And that's why James says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. I mean, you could go anywhere with that. I mean, you really could. That will apply anywhere in the Word of God. 
we've had people get mad. I'm not going to do that, but that's God's word. I know it, but I'm not going to do it. My goodness. Well, get ready to take the consequences for your inactions as well as your actions. If you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. Now, I'm going to talk about this. I'm not, this is not going to be the whole message, I don't think. But anyway, back years ago, I don't remember whether I called or sent a letter or what. But I got in touch with the Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville and their library. And you know, I'm not a fan of the Southern Baptist Convention. Never have been. Because I saw the direction that they were in and that they were going. And they've They've not disappointed me in that respect. They've gone right where I knew this going. Actually, it's already there. But the fellow there was nice. I never met him. Paul DeBuzman, I think's his name. Uh, I told him what I was looking for, and he was uh, very anxious to help me. He went and researched. In the library, I've been up there at that library, and it's absolutely phenomenal. You ever been there, brother? It's absolutely phenomenal. The books they have, and it'll break your heart, because the majority of them never been checked out. You look at the library card in the back of it, never, never had a name on it. And I guess it's because the professors don't encourage that. Uh, but every now and then, somebody will. Uh, but anyway... He sent me a, a copy of, a, of an article in the American Journal of Theology from January of 1899. Then he wrote an apology, said he, there were two other follow-ups to this, but he couldn't find them. But very nice, and I appreciate him. I don't really know where he is, never did meet him. But I want you to listen to what I'm reading here. This is a quote from this article. And that's several pages. I can't read the whole thing. Uh, there's lots on this though. Christmas Day on December the 25th is one of the latest of the feast commemorative of Jesus Christ instituted by the church for it only began to be observed toward the end of the fourth century. And we've got people that try to say that you know that it's all right, that it's, it's good, it's really nice. But this is the, these are facts. I don't know of anybody that can refute this. This is an historical fact. Uh, John Chrysostom has left us a homily, that's a sermon preached 
at Antioch, which helps us to fix the exact date at which it was first kept in that important Christian center. Now, here's what we know. I can't read all of it. It's too much. Thus, we know that the Christmas or feast of the birth of Christ was observed in Antioch, the oldest Christian center outside Jerusalem, not earlier than 376 A.D. That would be 300 and about 40 years after Christ has already ascended back into heaven. There's nothing in the scriptures about it. Absolutely nothing. And that's the historical record. Uh, there's a lot more over here. Christian writers of the 5th century make it clear by their protest against the pagan merriment with which the last week of the old year and the first days of the new were still marked. Now that is the believers of that time protested that the new feast of Christmas had been put on December the 25th in order to hallow in the Christian way a day round which more than round any other the associations of the older religion centered. There was an obvious propriety also in putting the birthday of the son of righteousness on the old birthday of the son. Let's see. The Christians of the farther east round about Edessa, I think that's Odessa in southern Russia, who rejected the new Christmas, accused their co-religionists of Rome of idolatry and sun god worship because they chose December the 25th for their new festival. And it is likely enough that the old sun worship lived on as an integral element in the new cult. The Persian Christians who followed Mani, Mani was the one who's responsible for Manichaeanism in Persia, which is heresy. Mani's revelation from about 275 onward openly identified Christ with the Son, S-U-N, in heaven. And the Christian bishops of Rome always more ready than others to assimilate pagan practices and popular beliefs may have deemed it good policy to take over one which they could not hope to eliminate. They couldn't hope to eliminate the paganism of the pagans, and so they just will just join them. Now I'm telling you where this thing came from. You could hate my guts. I have, I have, this has cost me a whole lot. 
My stand on this has cost me a lot in my life. I could tell you how much it's cost me. And I have people that hate my guts because what I have taught about this. I did not invent this. Now, if this is the truth, I think we're responsible to obey it or to act accordingly. Now, you can do what you want to. I'm not your boss. You don't have to give a cat to me. I'm not your Lord. You don't have to give a cat to me. You can do what you want to. But I'm telling you that this thing has nothing to do with Jesus Christ or the worship of Jesus Christ. Absolutely nothing. Now that came from the Southern Baptist Seminary Library in Louisville. I don't know of a Southern Baptist church anywhere that's not head over heels into this thing of Christ mass worship. I don't know of one. If you know of one, let me know about it, but I don't think you do. That's just like I don't know of a Southern Baptist church anywhere that doesn't take alien immersion and practice open communion. There may be one, but I've never heard of it. And I've, I've challenged people for years, name me one Southern Baptist church that walks in the truth. And I have never been given one. Well, because I know, I know what they are. And in order to be a Southern Baptist, they have to have fellowship with all those others. Right. Now, I've got an old piece of paper here. It's a copy of a message that Brother E.W. Parks preached in 1961 at a Bible conference in Calvary Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. That's when John Gilpin was the pastor of it. And this was the first time in 1961 in this whole area that anybody has known to have ever preached a sermon on the subject of Christmas. Now, I can tell you this, this this is kind of sad, breaks my heart. He's got, he's dead now, he's with the Lord. I had so much respect for him. First off, he was a national hero. He he was with the 82nd Airborne. He he landed on uh, Sicily, jumped out of an airplane and fought his way through. And he worked, they landed someplace else. I don't know. He was, he was, a, he was a hero. He was what you call a hero in the Second World War. And the Lord saved him. And he surrendered to preach. And he preached the rest of his life. Uh, and he was concerned about the truth. So he wrote the, or actually, I don't know who wrote it. He preached it. That hadn't come up yet, but it will should come back up on Facebook. I put this on Facebook several years ago, and up, up till now it's come up every year. Probably still will. I don't know them real well, but I know a couple of his kids real well, pretty well. 
But when I when that runs up on my Facebook, not a one of them click on it. And I put it up there and I honor him with what I say about it. Because I think he needs to be honored. He was he was an honorable man. But not a one of them click on it. Because not a one of them do it. Keep what they know they should keep. They're head over heels in it. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's Bible. Yeah. I'm not going to read this whole thing to you. He says, I declare unto you that no Christian can truly serve the Lord Jesus Christ and wholeheartedly or in any form observe the pagan holidays instituted by the Pope and observed by the Roman Catholic Church and her harlot offspring. This is like substituting Reformation for the blood-bought way of salvation which was purchased by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died the substitutionary death on the cross. Now especially, let's see, verse 15, uh, he's in Luke. Yeah. He says, and he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts for that, that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Realizing that the Baptist Examiner, that was that paper of Dr. John Gills, has exposed the errors of the modernists, false cults, and so on, I shall confine my remarks briefly to the ungodly worship of unscriptural holidays, and especially the heathen festival called Christ Mass. Now, I, I challenge anybody to, to determine the definition and the origin of the word Christmas. All of these people are writing all these articles justifying Christmas. Just tell me what the word means. And where did it come from? And you can't find any evidence at all that that word means anything else but Christ mass. Go back to the old Latin. The Greek. You can't find any evidence that's what that word means. I don't care what you say about it. Oh, well, we just like it because we like the looks of it and all that. The word means Christ mass. Now, to whom it owes its existence, that is Roman Catholics, or by the better known name of Christmas as called by Protestants of today. Our generation of this present age has been blinded by the lies of the devil who has had the experience of 6,000 years in duping the people of all times, even many of God's people, who refuse to eat of the forbidden fruit of Eden in regards to various sins of the flesh uh, and easily succumb to the false doctrines of pagan worship. I declare to you, my brethren, that the Roman Catholic rituals such as sprinkling Purgatory, limbo, etc. should never be tolerated among the people of God. 
then the heathen and devil instituted holidays should likewise be abandoned. Let the synagogue of Satan, Revelation 2, 9, continue in her blasphemy, false worship, and persecution of God's true church. But let the believers in our Lord Jesus Christ refrain from all such practices. Now, by the grace of God and leadership of the Holy Spirit, I trust to point out the evils of at least one of the Roman Catholic rituals, Christmas, and show why it should never be tolerated among the people of God. Number one, all Christmas celebration is a mockery to the Lord Jesus. This false worship originated in the Chaldean city of Babylon, centuries before the time of Christ, to celebrate the birth of Tammuz, or Baal, or Bacchus, who was the son of Semiramis, or Sibeli, or Rhea, the Chaldeans' queen of heaven. This false teaching has been woven shrewdly into the ritual of the Roman Catholic Church. I don't have it with me, but I've got a listing. I dug it out and copied it down from the, all you can do is go to the history books and find stuff. In India, in Mexico, in uh, South America, Indochina, Europe, every heathen worship has a mother and child worship. Now, Tim and Alice know they spent some time over there in Hungary and Romania. And over there you have, uh, well, the Eastern Orthodox in Romania. And those buildings of those churches over there, church buildings, they're not churches, but it's what they're called. They don't have any empty wall space, inside or outside. They've got idols all over, painted idols. And on every one of those so-called churches, you find a woman who turns out to be what they will say is Mary. <coughs> and she's supposed to have the baby Jesus. But if you look at it real close, it's not a baby. That baby is a man. Well... That's how it comes from Babylon. Nimrod and Semiramis. Nimrod gets killed. A boar hog kills him. In their legend. And that's why. That's why they have that boar. On their Christmas celebration. Paying him back for killing Nimrod. But then, on Christmas morning, they brought in the Yule log and set it on fire and burn it all night. And by the time that they wake up on the 25th, there is an evergreen tree raised up there. Because that is Nimrod reborn. The Christmas tree represents... Nimrod being reborn as Tamus. Now you've got the mother who is married to her son. 
if you listen to the Masonic ritual, you'll find some reference to that. The, the son of the mother. So how in the world do they do it? I don't know. That's what the pagan mind goes. I'm much more simple than that. I've got a sovereign uh, three times holy God. Amen. I don't know about all that stuff, but that's what they do. Uh, secondly, the date of Christ's birth is not given in God's word. He says the Jews considered our Lord the son of an harlot. And they did not even record his birth. The birth of our Savior has been revealed to us, especially in the beautiful narrative by Luke in chapter 2. But God in his wisdom has withheld the date. We have no idea of even what month he was born in. We think October would be the latest he could have been born, September to October. But we don't know. Now, if we're supposed to celebrate the birth of Christ... How come we don't know his birthday? You don't celebrate somebody's birthday on just any day. We celebrate a birthday on the birthday. Amen? Except for this one. And nobody has any idea where it is. What it is. Now, thirdly, nowhere in the Bible are we commanded to celebrate his birth. If Christ had left instructions that his birth, if known, is to be observed. Now listen to what he says here. It would be ignored the same as the Lord's day is ignored. He has given us in his word. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. Why do people think that they can just join a church and if I want to go to church, I will. If I don't want to, if something interferes, I don't have to go. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. But we would do the same thing if we knew it was his birthday. I think that's an excellent point. Hebrews 10, 25 reminds us not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is. Note the blasphemy of the world's attitude toward the Holy Spirit's admonition. What the attitude? I don't have to go to church if I don't want to go. Well, don't join one. If you join the church, you're saying before God, you're agreeing to the church covenant. And the agreement of the word of God, I'm going to live as a child of God. And part of that is attending the Lord's house. Somehow even professors to the Christian faith find all time necessary to visit relatives or the ungodly places of amusement on the Lord's day. But churches are so deserted. On This is in 1961. On Sunday night and prayer meeting night, that even the church mice can frolic about without being disturbed. If the Holy Spirit had left instructions to observe the birth of our Lord, the world would ignore it in like manner. The observance of Christmas, number four, is sinful and wrong. Even when observed by a so-called church of Jesus Christ, this does not make this heathenism scriptural or right in the sight of a holy God. I shall never forget the morning shortly 
after my conversion, and while a member of a Protestant church, he was a member of a, uh, well, I'll tell you what it is and what it was. Uh, it wasn't Mennonite, but it's close to it. it was German of origin, anyway, in North Carolina. He said, I witnessed the baptism, a so-called sprinkling, of my oldest boy, then a little boy, a little baby. I thought this to be God-honoring and never felt more proud in all my life, even though God seemingly blessed me in my ignorance. Shortly thereafter, I got down on my knees before God and asked him to forgive me and thank God it shall never happen in my home again. He didn't know any better. Incidentally, this is one of the reasons I became a Baptist. I became concerned over baptism myself, having submitted to the same thing. Since obeying God's word, I can truly say I've been as happy as a child of God should expect to be this side of heaven. Beloved, I have only scratched the surface, he says, regarding this great error. However, I close with the admonition that the blood-bought way of salvation cannot be improved upon. If pagan holidays have scriptural basis, then by all means they should be observed. Surely the words of our Savior, however, ought to form the basis of our turning from any teaching that does not honor God. Exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, proclaim the truth of his word. And here's the scripture, 1 John 5, 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. And I, have heard, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Revelation 18, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues, Revelation 18.4. I thought it was an excellent, excellent message. Now, uh, look quickly at Matthew 15. I guess I'm just going to go ahead, go ahead with this. I've had people get mad at me and leave the church. And then I find out that wherever they go, they're wide open into Christmas. So I know why they're not here. They, and I can, it can even get closer to my home than that. Uh, I've had it said to me, I'd rather have the Christmas celebration than to have you. So don't think I haven't paid a price for this. But it's still true. Amen. Matthew 15, 8. Sevens, ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draw near unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. And look at Luke 16. Luke chapter 16. Verse 14. The Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things, and they derided him, that is, the Lord. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. <clears throat> but God knoweth your hearts, 
For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Now, the celebration, people say, oh, well, we're just slack off. I haven't seen any kind of slacking off at all. It gets worse every year. Well, we went to both the other day, November. It's not a Baptist church, but it could well be. I know plenty of Baptist churches just like it. We went into that vestibule, big, big building. We went into that vestibule to vote in that room, all of, wherever they had to vote. I've never seen so many Christmas trees Santa Clauses, Mickey Mouses, and everything you might dream of. You couldn't have gone into a Macy's in New York City and seen more of those decorations. And this was in, well, what what, what did we vote? November the 7th? 8th. All right. I mean, we ain't even got to Thanksgiving yet. And they already had all that up. And then I've heard about others that got that much or more. Even so-called Baptist churches. Don't tell me that it's getting less because it's not. It'll get more and more and more. <clears throat> and of course, anybody that brings up these things, you know what a pariah is? It's almost like a piranha. You know what a piranha is? Dangerous fish that everybody's afraid of. You become a pariah, everybody's, because you, you're, you're dangerous, but you're just dangerous. Well, that's why, because, but the truth, well, it'll judge you. There's one lawgiver who's able to save and to destroy. All right. Very few even consider, is it right or wrong? Is Christmas right or wrong? Then people don't, oh, it's just wonderful. It's just a wonderful time of the year. Well, if that's what you're tuned to, that's right. But it certainly has nothing to do with, don't kid yourself and think that you're honoring God by putting up an idolatrous Christmas tree. Amen. You're not. Uh, there's not, as I've already said, nothing about the about celebration of Christmas in the Old or New Testament. The nearest thing that we have is in Jeremiah 10. This, this is the nearest thing that we have in the scriptures to go along with the practices of Christmas. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1, he says, Hear ye the word of the Lord, hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel, of course, his southern kingdom. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen. What have I just read you from the history? And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. Sun, moon, stars. Over most Christmas trees, that's what you have. That's what all the round balls represent. All of them, about all of them have a star on top, don't they? 
For the heathen are dismayed at them all with their good luck charms. Huh? For the customs of the people are vain, empty-headed. For one cutteth the tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. Now you can't tell me, I know that practice specifically was not going on. At the time Jeremiah wrote that. But this is a heathen practice that they were doing at that time. They are upright as a palm tree. But speak not. But now wait a minute. What is that song they all sing? Oh Christmas tree. Oh Christmas tree. They must needs be born or carried because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. That's as near as I can find anything that is close to resemble a practice of Christmas. Yep. Boy, Brother Gum, you ain't going to get very far doing this. I have, man, I done been, I done been through this for 50 years or better. Uh, if it's not mentioned other than that, then we ought to be somewhat leery about it. Really? I think so. No command to celebrate his birthday over any other day. We already have our command. If you love me, keep my commandments. And his commandment is this, the Lord's day, one day a week. That's Sunday. However, this becomes family day and travel day and every other kind of day. But this is the day, once every week. Not once every year, once every week. Now, if there was a command, what day would it be? And I asked you, how many days are there in a year? 365 unless it's a leap year. However that goes. People say, oh, well, that, that's, not a, that's not in honor of the sun god. Really? Then how is it that out of 365 days in a year that you pick December 25th? Boy, you talk about, you might want to go to a a casino and play roulette if you're that lucky. How did they come about December the 25th? Well, the honest reason is that's exactly the birth of the Mithraic sun god. Mithras is a Persian sun god. And that's where Constantine was already the Pontifex Maximus of Mithraic sun god worship. He already had a cross on his chest. He already was well into Mithraic paganism. And so he just 
brought that date in and set it up. Now we're going to call that Christian. Okay. Now the time of Jesus' birth, yes, we believe in the birth of Jesus. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. We read Matthew, we read Luke, and we have those, as Brother Park said, wonderful account of the birth of Christ. But about all of the things that they put in these plays is totally unscriptural. The Roman Catholics commanded the birthday of Mithras to be adapted. Now, I want to do this. We've already said Christ Mass. Christmas, Christ Mass. You can't look up any honest dictionary and find any other origin for that name. And you don't even have to look at a dictionary. Just look at the word. What does mass mean? I put up there on Facebook. People ask me if I celebrate Christmas. Christ mass. And I say of course not. I'm a Baptist. And no Baptist celebrates a Roman Catholic Mass. Well, that's not exactly practically true because a bunch of them do. They claim to be Baptists. All right. How about Santa Claus? Well, just that's for the kids. And that's where you get it. Oh, it's all for the kids. Well, you're going to teach, you're going to teach heresy to your kids so they can have a good time. I believe in gift giving. I most certainly believe in gift giving. You check anybody that knows me and my wife. We give all year long. We give all year long. We don't, I don't give anything in the name of a Catholic mass. And I don't receive anything in the name of a Catholic master. Do you know I thank the Lord for this? I have never, in 51, this will be 52nd Christmas that I've been at this church. I have never received a Christmas gift from this church. Never. I've never gotten one from any church. Well, Santa Claus, now that, that's harmless, really. What's his other name? Saint Nicholas. Now, anybody that knows anything about anything, they'll know exactly who you're talking about when you say Saint Nicholas. I didn't bring it out here with me. Most of you have seen it before. I've got a picture of the real Saint Nicholas. And he's a Catholic saint. And yes, they worship him. People all oh, nobody worships him. You don't know what you're talking about. I've seen Eastern Catholic nuns in an Eastern Catholic so-called church 
in Alba Iulia, Romania, about throwing her backs out, worshiping an icon of Saint Nicholas. Anybody ever seen that? That frost you wouldn't it. And I've seen it. And here's the thing. The little old songs that Gene Autry sang. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down Santa Claus Lane. That's totally a mythical song, but it's based on literal history. Uh, and this one fella, he knows what you've done through the year. He knows. Well, I know that no man knows what anybody's done. In secret or in public, can't know, can't know all that, but you know what they're saying? Santa Claus is in the same position as God. We preach the omniscience and the omnipotence of God. And then ascribe the same attributes of deity to a man in a little red suit. And then our kids grow up, and you don't tell them what you ought to be telling them. And they say, well, that whole thing must just be a myth. God, Santa Claus, and all of it. I, I don't think you can prove me wrong on that. Well, I've already talked about the Yule log. How about the gift giving? Well, is there anything wrong with giving gifts? No, sir, there is not. A child of God ought to be charitable, hospitable, and giving ought to be their second nature. But that's not what goes on this time of year. I can show you how heathen it is. Because see, at work or at school or in your family, you put all the names in a hat and you draw a name out. And you got to buy a gift and we set a limit on it. Now you probably have to set a $100 limit on it to get anything. So here we set a $100 limit on it. we got a small family. And I buy hundred dollar gift for you and this old boy over here he drew my name he got me a twenty dollar gift you think I'm not going to get upset over that we're given in order that we might get I mean, it's absolutely true that the majority of people make up their Christmas card list 
off the cards they got last year. If you didn't send me a card last year, you ain't getting one from me this year. Don't tell me that's not what's practiced because it is. But my Bible teaches me, if you're going to have a meal, you need to have that meal and invite people to come to that meal <clears throat> that needs it and have no ability to invite you for a meal at their house. You give without expectation of return. You give for the sake of giving, and that would be godly giving. Giving at Christmas time is not. Now, what we generally do, what's, what's going on all over, as bad as the so-called economy is supposed to be, people are out. You can't get to a store anywhere in town anywhere. They're all full, all hours of the day, and they're filling up their Christmas list, and they're buying a bunch of junk for a bunch of kids that are already spoiled so rotten, they don't appreciate anything. You see, it's it happens all over, and I hear people griping about it. Well, he just opened up one, threw it out, and opened up one, going to another, what else? Is that what goes on? You, right, it's what goes on. You're creating a bunch of covetous monsters. And say it's for the children. No. It's not for the children. It's for, it's for mom and dad, for you to feel good, and then for children. Well, we, all, we, we don't want anybody to go without on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the tree over there in Jeremiah 10. I think the tree can fit right there. Uh, I was asked this about mistletoe. What about mistletoe? If you stand under the mistletoe, you're supposed to be able to kiss whoever's standing. What's the deal about that? Well, that came from Druidism. Uh, mistletoe, it's a parasite that grows on trees. But it's got little white berries on it. And when those little white berries are squeezed, they look something like very close to semen. Thus we get the kiss under the mistletoe. Very sexual in nature. You got the hollow, the red berries, the decorations, and every bit of that stems from sun god worship. I don't believe most people are aware of that. But what must you do when you find out about it? I'd say if I was you, I'd go and research it for myself. You can get on Google and nothing that I've told you today is hid. It's out there, very available. And then you find out if it's true, 
Then I think to him to know to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Then you've got, you've got the obligation. No, I th- it's not wrong to give, but it is wrong to give with the wrong motives. It's not wrong to sing true songs. And there's some of the Christmas carols that are true, and I like them. But you must understand that when you hear those hymns in a Christmas context, nobody's hearing that. It's very confusing. It's not wrong to speak of Christ, but where does the Bible just speak of Christ as a baby? Derek said they're having a Christmas party in Cincinnati at the place he works for. And they're upset with him because he's not going today. I read another little article from one of the independent Baptist brethren. He's, he's dead now, but got one of his papers. And he had an article in there that said, uh, well, even though Christmas has that history, we can use it for the good. And we could use it for an opportunity to preach the gospel. Well, here's what I suggested. Well, they're having a Christmas party up there. One fellow said he's, he wouldn't dare miss it because all the free beer. And uh, this fellow in that article said, it's an opportunity to preach the gospel. Let's go to your Christmas party. And you go in and set up your little deal there. Say, all right, folks, here I am. This is going to be a real opportunity for me to preach the gospel to you all. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I think they would usher him out. You've lost your mind. You're coming here preaching that. And I think that's what would happen anywhere. There isn't any room to preach the gospel when you've got Santa Claus and all of its attendant stuff. And it is not wrong to fellowship with your family. You ought to be able to spend some time with your family. But if that turns into nothing but revelry, that's exactly what it is. And it ought not to be tolerated. God help us. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's stand.